0: We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. Good evening, everyone. It is Mike, Big Peach Running Company. And once again, welcome to Peachy's Pub. It is Tuesday evening, the virtual pub run has commenced we have a special group in pub for sure once again taking our run atl podcast turning it into a pubcast, where we're going to share with you things to help you and absolutely inspire you as we walk through this season together never date or timestamp a podcast they say we are going to violate that conventionality right out of the gates we are in the midst of the coronavirus. It is early May, and there are some cool things going on around us, things to keep us hopeful, have us look to the future. And certainly, as we do so, especially excited to indicate this evening in our pub, we have a number of my friends and special guests. First, we'll talk to Rich Kana, Executive Director, the Atlanta Track Club, and Race Director the AJC Peachtree Road Race, Haley Chura. She was recently in Atlanta as one of the participants in the Olympic Marathon Trials, professional triathlete, and for all of us who are locals, also a national champion at the University of Georgia. And Nancy Clark, internationally renowned nutritionist nutritionist and best-selling author, her book and her guidance will be on display as we figure out how to keep our nutritional wits about us in quarantine and as we go through this season for sure. So what a special evening. Good evening, everybody. So Rich, I'm gonna start with uh, with you because this week has been a big week, not just for Big Peach Running Company or Atlanta Track Club, but for all of the pedestrian active enthusiasts in and around the sport of running, certainly in the great state of Georgia as the Atlanta Track Club announced its plans amidst the pandemic with the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Specifically, you indicated that that race will migrate to Thanksgiving Day. I'm sure that has been a weighty decision with much to consider, but now that you're on the backside of having made it and announced it, what can you say about how you're feeling and perhaps anything that's part of the backstory of that decision in itself?
1: I sure can. Thanks, thanks for having uh, me on today uh, mike to, to talk about the the peach tree and uh, as you mentioned uh, at the end of last week we made an announcement that the tree streak of peach tree on the 4th of july will will come to an end uh, in 2020 but we are thankful to move forward with peach tree on thanksgiving day which we hope will be A unique but one-time experience and uh, we we were very purposeful very careful uh, and tried to be methodical uh, in the process that led to the decision to move to Thanksgiving and and we had what I would say three three goals the first was to make a decision that was driven by safety for everyone involved, the participants, the volunteers, spectators, and everybody in between. Uh, Number two, we wanted to retain the community and family feel of the peach tree. Uh, And uh, number three, we wanted to make sure we minimize the impact of the peach tree on area businesses who were already being uh hurt by by this pandemic by covid-19 so so choose a date where we would minimize the impact on on atlanta businesses so that that's where we that's that's where we were looking and that's why we landed on thanksgiving day and the feedback has been very positive uh you know i think after you get over the shock of 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 not having a peach tree on the fourth of july look for a, for a date, uh, that, that would make sense. Thanksgiving is that date and that's the feedback we've received.
0: Well, I love the fact that you've already seen such a positive response. I think all of us as leaders recognize that in this season that it requires us to make difficult decisions, ones that may or may not be made out of popularity, but perhaps out of prudence or productivity or certainly just out of principle. And you guys have now made that decision, I'm sure with considerable, difficulty my next question for you Rich would simply be with the decision having been announced even with the favorable response that you've already received are there any other material changes to the race or even to the experience as we've known and rightfully as Peachtree has become that you would also maybe tell us about or might be part of the byline but not to you where it's still very much part of the headline
1: so now that we've gotten through the announcement through the decision making process and the announcement now, now we, we put our heads down, uh, and, and look at Thanksgiving and the event that we look, put out on streets for the community. Uh, I, I don't anticipate any significant deviations from what we know the peach tree to be in terms of a 10 K starting at Lennox and finishing in Piedmont park. Um, but I can say that we will be spending a lot of time looking at every procedure and every process around the event uh, to ensure that we are taking every possible precaution uh, and that we are learning every day uh, from the experts that we're consulting with so that uh, we arrive at every day with the best possible chance of putting on something that is safe and to be honest with you peach tree worthy some uh, an experience that we people will remember for a long time
0: well i have no doubt with you and your team at the helmet will not only be something people remember for a long time but it will be perhaps part of the sweetness of even this pandemic if there is such a thing because the legacy of having the race and being able to come together before year's end is something i know there are plenty that are already looking forward to last question for you as it relates to Peachtree, obviously this has impact on another terrific tradition of the Atlanta Track Club and of our special running community as Running City USA, and that is the half marathon in 5k that you guys have done such a terrific job of building. Any comments that you would make about that race or just the challenge that now is the reality that you've put Peachtree on the same date that that's previously occupied? Sure,
1: so we have our QQQ Thanksgiving Day Half Marathon on five and 5K, and that has been a, a Thanksgiving Day staple for not as long as Peachtree, but for decades. Uh, and, and we made the difficult decision to cancel that event this year uh, and place the Peachtree on that day. So we will bring that back next year. Again, it's a temporary removal from, from the calendar for us. And I would just add this, the, the 4th of July is the second most popular day to run a race in the United States and the first most popular day is Thanksgiving Day. So we're leaning into that and, and hope uh, that coming out uh, of COVID-19, coming out of this pandemic, hopefully we're, we're at a new normal in 2021, we will have introduced To tens of thousands of people, the idea of running on Thanksgiving Day. So, a lot of those Peachtree participants uh, will will hopefully come back and run Peachtree next Fourth of July and run the Thanksgiving Day race on Thanksgiving.
0: Excellent. Well, don't go anywhere. We're gonna let you off the hook just briefly as we open up a couple of questions for who i would call as a resident expert for me and some things that i believe are going to be important for all of us to hear but rich just know how proud we are of your team for not just making this decision and announcing it with such class but also making sure that running city usa is as alive and well as it ever has been even in the midst of this pandemic you guys have put solid information out there as it relates to how to run through these challenges and certainly i've seen whether it's on website whether it's on social whether it's on information that you guys are putting into the community that you are taking the health the safety the well-being of all of us putting it first and foremost and yet staying very much connected to what's going on in our community and what is part of your long history of being able to serve athletes at every level so thanks for what you're doing a proud atlanta track club member for sure even more so today perhaps than any time when the race was on the fourth you're doing really really good work for those who do not know rich canal was also episode number 27 of the run atl podcast check out wisdom from rich there you may not know he was also a bronze medalist at both the World Championships and World Indoor Championships in 1997, and an Olympian on our 2000 U.S. Olympic team more recently helped put together, in my estimation, the greatest Olympic marathon trials in history. We're going to turn it over to one of the participants, our professional triathlete, Haley Chura, ran 254.25 on that special day. That was only 24 years ago. Oh, wait, that was almost rich 20 just seems like 24 years ago. That was just two months ago. Haley Shura, welcome from Montana. It's awesome to see you once again. Cheers, my friend.
2: Uh, cheers, Mike. It's great to see you again. Thanks so much for having you back. And I'm so honored to be on the same call as Rich Canaw. and I can, I can say that was the best Olympic trials ever. I've done, I've done three of them actually two in a different sport and, um, I went to the swimming Olympic trials twice and Omaha puts on a good show. Omaha does an amazing job, but nothing compared to Atlanta. I mean, that was, I called it the most incredible experience of my athletic career, which is quite a bit. I've been an athlete since I was like four years old in many sports. So thank you very, you know, to you and your team. That was incredible.
0: You made Rich blush. I love it. I'm gonna have to save that for later. I'm glad we're getting this on video. It's tough to make him blush. But Haley, you mentioned, and you took me right to where I wanted to go anywhere. We are all out of our routine. And I've thought about this. I mentioned to you before we fired up the mic that sometimes range is better than routine. And some of us, we just do the exact same thing day in and day out, week in and week out. And yet you, like you said, you've made the Olympic trials three times You've done it in two different sports. You've done it in a sport that you hope to be done in less than two minutes, and a sport that you hope to be done in less than three hours. That is unbelievable range. And you must not, as a professional triathlete, get too often into a routine that you're not comfortable changing. So as a place to start, how do you build such an affinity for that kind of range? For those of us who are out of our routines, what can we learn from a professional athlete where range is seemingly almost everything?
2: I think a big part of that is is looking at obstacles as opportunities sometimes. So I would say if we take our current situation where all the pools are closed and that's a pretty big obstacle if your sport includes swimming, but maybe this is a good time if you're a athlete that you can work on your run or you can work on your bike and um, and I think that's something that I've been able to do a pretty good job of throughout my career is when I'm, you know, kind of in a situation where things aren't going exactly right, finding a way to make the most of it. And yes, sometimes it, it doesn't mean that it was the best way, but again, doing the best you can with what you have. And, and I do think that is something we can all be doing right now.
0: Well, and you mentioned that you've got multiple sports that you're doing, and so do so many people who are part of our crew and part of our audience. What is it that you're doing right now? Whether it's as part of the run, part of that staying fit as a world-class swimmer, keeping your distance and keeping your fitness on the bike. What are some of the things that you've had to adjust? That maybe tactics that we could use in one or more of those disciplines as well.
2: As you mentioned, I do live in Bozeman, Montana, so we are able to run outside and. Pretty lucky that it's a pretty low population density. So keeping a social distance away from folks is pretty easy. That said, I still have been running different routes than I might normally run just to avoid humans. Um, And one of the cool things that's come of that is I've learned some new routes and I've really gotten to see my town in a different way and I've run down streets I may have never run down before and it's really there's some cool things that you get to see when you change up your routine like you had mentioned and um I'm on the bike quite a bit I ride a lot indoors I'm a big fan of indoor cycling just for the safety and the time of time efficiency and um I just I really like it so that hasn't really been a problem and then I when we have a pretty rough winter here and um but even when i lived in atlanta i lived in atlanta for 10 years and traffic can be hard there and so riding indoors i think is a great opportunity if you can't ride outdoors safely and and then for swimming i'm doing a lot of indoor swim workouts which is mostly strength stretch cords it's not quite as much fun it is uh i'm able to sleep in a little later than i normally would to get to the pool so there's a bit of a plus there and um but uh it's nice that the days are getting longer because it's, it's amazing to go for a morning run before anyone's out really and see that sunrise. I just think that there, again, I'm, I'm a fan of swimming. I'm a fan of others, cycling and travel and other sports, but there are a few things as great as going for a sunrise run anytime, you know, anytime that you can do that, especially when it's decently warm
0: so i saw mr bob wells give the thumbs up on that i could not agree with you more haley a sunrise run is terrific one of the things that i have found to be a little bit surprising in this seemingly new societal schedule is that many are running later because i used to be able to go out for my run and i'm usually out by 6:15, 6:30, and i'd see others now i feel like many times i'm by myself And yet, if I'm anywhere where I can look out a window at noon or one o'clock, there go all kinds of people who are running and walking. I'm like, those might have been the people I should have seen at 615 this morning. Do you have the roads to yourself at that hour in Bozeman?
2: Yes, for the most part, if I'm out at six am there aren't too many people out and and I love that. I've always kind of been a morning person just growing up as a swimmer i can I can sympathize or empathize with people who are new to this work from home life and the idea that they normally run at five a m always in the dark and the idea that they get to like wear sunglasses and maybe some sunscreen and go out in the middle of the day that's pretty tempting so i i don't give those people a hard time i think it's great to get your run in at any time and the evening run can be quite nice too i i i must say you know you could do the the sun some people like the the evening run or you know you get all your stuff done in the morning and then just kind of blow off some steam with the evening run so um i think you know as long as you're getting out there for the run and you get to enjoy a little bit of fresh air it can be kind of nice so i'm not going to shame anyone but personally and when I get myself out the door early, I never regret it. I mean, it the alarm the alarm can be hard. The alarm's hard for everyone. I've been getting up since I was, you know, for swimming since I was like 11 years old. The alarm's always hard, but once you're out the door, it's like magic sometimes.
0: Well, certainly for that sunrise, I'm not so sure I would feel the same getting into a cold pool, but I absolutely agree with you as far as a run concern is concerned. And I agree. We have no prejudice regardless of when you get your walk or your run in first thing in the morning. Sometime midday, late in the evening, it all counts for sure. Haley, I had a feeling that you might say to Rich, thank you for what was done when you were last in town. And yet at the same time, I would say no matter who was a participant on that special day, Leap Day, February 29th, that with the way the city of Atlanta showed up, our visitors, our citizens, our fans, that the production was all world. And yet at the same time, you and I have not spoken since you left town. And so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to just share a little bit of your experience on February 29th, because I'm already certain that you and a hundred percent of the competitors would say that Atlanta crushed it.
2: Crushed it, for sure. I think that I don't even know if crushed it is a big enough word. It was, again, it was the most incredible experience of my athletic career and I did not win. I got 304th, I think, you know, and it was still, and I've won other races, so it's, but it was like, it was just incredible, and and the, one of the big reasons I wanted to do that race and kind of step away from swimming and from track was because it was in Atlanta, and and you and I had talked about that, and so I kind of expected it to be good, because I have run, I've run Atlanta track club races before, I know they know how to put out a race, but trials was next level. I just I can't even begin to describe it and I feel like everyone who I've talked to about the race feels the same way just to have so many people cheering and to have this you know this city that I love and these roads that I love like alive like that and to borrow a term from another Atlanta sporting team just like rise up for the Atlanta running community which Running communities, yes, we have a big, great community, but to see people coming out and cheering like that was just incredible. I've never had so many people cheer Go Haley during a race. And again, I was running in like 300th place and I still had people cheering like crazy. I actually, one of the coolest things was, um, so when I, I swam the Olympic trials in 2004 and my roommate at the time, Carolyn Joyce, she made the Olympic team. She won the 100 freestyle and she made the Olympic team. And her parents now live in Atlanta and they her parents and her brother came out and cheered for me and another one of my University of Georgia teammates uh, Lindsay Erder, she and her dad came out and cheered and I saw them and I wasn't expecting them to be out there but these are people who cheered for me 16 years prior in a On the other side of the country, in a totally different sport, Olympic trials, and they were there in Atlanta cheering for me again. And the biggest compliment I think that anyone paid to me on that day was actually Lindsay texted me afterwards, and she uh, she said, "You know what? Like, I wish I was out there." And that was just the coolest thing because that was, I think, what the Atlanta Track Club did was they took this challenge that was the biggest field ever in Olympic trials history. And they made it a huge selling point. I mean, they made it, they embraced us. I, I remember being in the athlete meeting and hearing Rich talk and he was talking about how, you know, we're treating all the qualifiers as equal qualifiers. And again, I've been to a lot of races and I've never been treated that way necessarily, or I've never seen the entire field treated that way. And that was just new. It was, it was, kind of radical it was incredible and i've never felt as positive about a race experience in my life and i think everyone everyone who was there in the race that i've talked to felt the same way i think everyone on the sidelines felt the same way i think my a lot of my family was in in montana watching from home and they felt the same way and I, I was so emotional after the race because I was just so thankful for my friends, and my family and the Dino Multisport community and the big peach running community that was out there cheering. And it was just really special. I, I mean, I'm curious to hear you, Mike, say, like, what was that like to see your city like that?
0: It was unbelievable. And I still I mean, it's burned into my memory, Haley, being in our Midtown store, which, of course, is right on the course for the trials and looking out the doors that, of course, were open while being inside serving guests of ours or hosting people that we had for kind of a VIP viewing experience and then watching the athletes go by. So it was really cool when we were standing on the sidewalk among friends and seeing all of you go by, but to be 100 yards away in the midst of an environment where we work every single day in and around the sport of running and what we call the pedestrian active lifestyle and then literally to have the doors flung open And to have that stage right in front of those doors was just something that I'll never forget. I mean, it's an image that is so indelibly linked to my memory, not for 2020 and everything else that has happened, but quite frankly, for as long as Big Peach Running Company has been around. So really, really special. Certainly uh, this is kind of cool to have both you, have Rich on and others from Atlanta because everybody contributed for sure. For those who might have heard Haley's answer, that is correct. She also did the Olympic trials in the sport of swimming in 2004. As a reminder for all of us, perhaps as parents who are trying to figure out different ways to play that role for all of us in the business community where things have changed perhaps even dramatically for those of us in our neighborhoods and in other environments we call special and have impact. It is different, but if you think about the range, what it is that is required to make the Olympic trials in swimming and in running. To do it in 2004 and in 2020, range matters. It is possible. And before we're all finished, just like our friend Haley Chura, whether parenting, being a friend, being part of the business or nonprofit community, we will be better for having better range. You are an awesome example, Haley. Don't go anywhere, we've got our conversation topic for this pub week coming right up, but not before I do a sound check to see if our friend Nancy Clark from Boston is there. Nancy, can you hear me? Not sure Nancy can hear me. We were having some audio trouble earlier. So what we'll do, we'll buy her a little bit of time. I'm going to put our topic out for both our audience and our featured pub runners. One of the things that have come into the sport, and for those of you who have joined us in the past, even last week, we determined that not everybody feels the same about whether headphones have a place in our sport in fact it was fun to watch our friend bob wells virtually arm wrestle others to the mat and indicate that listening to your body is the best sound that should go through your ears and into your mind another product that i will say similar to having what i believe are world-class headphones in our stores, but not necessarily being something for everyone, CBD. What is the role of CBD in our sport? There is no one right answer, I'm convinced of that, but I'm more curious how you feel. So, Anyone from our audience, certainly welcome to join in audibly or through the chat box, but Rich, I'm going to send this to you first knowing this is one of those topics you may get it officially as it relates to determining sponsors or relative to athletes that you train as part of your elite program. But any commentary you would add relative to the emergence of CBD into the sport?
1: Well, I I guess maybe I'll I'll make the connection between listening to music and CBD, uh, which seemingly have nothing to do with each other. I'm a, I'm an old school guy. My kids will tell you that. Uh and tell you that. My my I'm not sure if I had a beard it would be as gray as yours, but 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 there would be gray in it. Uh fair touche. I, I I generally say this when I have the opportunity to talk to 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 young athletes and 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 older athletes alike. For those who are looking for that, that magic bullet, that secret, recipe, uh, you're gonna be looking for a long time. Uh, you, you make progress uh, in your athletic life through just putting your head down and grinding it out and hard work. Um, so to the extent that people are looking for a supplement, a vitamin, a song, uh, a coach, uh, a road to, to make them, grind, you're looking in the wrong place. Look in the mirror, and and that's how you're going to get to where you want to be.
0: Wow, I love it. Could not agree more. And I will tell everybody right now, one of my favorite videos on YouTube, and I'm not a big YouTube or video person, so the depth is perhaps lacking. But nonetheless, watch Rich Kana at the Olympic trials in the 800 and the way that he grinded around that last turn for a spot on the team my guess is that demonstrates what he just said so rich i know what you indicated not only to be true in terms of how you feel but how you live it out so really really cool answer haley you knew i was coming your way professional triathlete obviously very much a distinguished athletic career even living out west where some might say is much more connected with the history of cannabis and other products that get linked, rightfully or perhaps incorrectly, to CBD. As a Montanan and as a professional athlete, where is your head and heart relative to CBD days these days?
2: As a professional athlete, I, I don't use any CBD products and I don't advise any of my athletes to use CBD products. There was a fairly high profile professional triathlete who tested positive like a few days before our most recent or the Half Ironman 70 70.3 world championship last year for and she attributed that to CBD cream and whether or not it was actually CBD cream or it wasn't I think that is a cautionary tale that it's just not worth the risk for me and um you know I think that when you toe that gray line I'm just not a gray I'm not a gray person you know in the sense of like I'm going to see if maybe this will work. I'm much more of a black and white either, you know, it's, it's totally legal or it's totally illegal. And I feel like if it's in the gray area, which I think is kind of where CBD creams are right now, then it's not for me.
0: Right on. It looks like based on Rich's acknowledgement that he would agree. And it appears that our next featured pub runner, Nancy, I can see you. Can you hear me?
3: I can hear you. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can. It's awesome to see you. Have you heard this discussion that we were having as you connected relative to CBD? So maybe you were just waiting for what we would call perfect timing. And <laughs> the world's foremost nutritionist, does she have a perspective? Before we get into some other things we wanted to talk to you about during this interesting season that we're all in the midst. But any perspective as your particular field of choice and expertise on cbd might give us
3: cbd i think it's gotten a lot of positive feedback from a lot of people i mean i my dog takes cbd because it's got it's got <laughs> pain so uh, a, a very good friend of mine became a holistic cannabis consultant because cbd was so effective in helping your dad overcome back pain and um so I wasn't, I was busy trying to get my camera going and the mic going. So I don't know what the conversation entails regarding athletes, but I, I, I see no harm and I see good.
0: Excellent. Well, and where the conversation entailed, we know that there are certain things and we just, since we're having a pub run, we know that conversations where not everybody's gonna feel the same, those should almost be reserved for the pub, virtual or otherwise. So each week we've taken a different topic and just tried to stir the pot a little bit and get different points of view and different perspective. But one of the things that I know we can all benefit that would be absolutely universal is it's pretty well documented at this point that people during quarantine are struggling perhaps with making consistent or perhaps even good food and nutrition choices. So this obviously wasn't something that any of us would have foreseen. And yet at the same time, here we are, perhaps in isolation, perhaps quarantine, certainly at home more than what we were previously. I would love to hear from the world's expert in my estimation as to things we should keep in mind, knowing we're in our kitchen or at least nearby more often and what you might suggest so that our nutritional routines don't fall apart during this season.
3: Okay, let me just, can you hear the noise in the background? I cannot. Okay, I was just going to go. Turn it down. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's
0: why we're in the pub. That's exactly right. That's why we may never go back to slickly produced podcasts. This is much more fun.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting what's going on in quarantine because people, there are different reactions depending on your level of, peace with food, so the people um, these days are saying, I'm so sick and tired of cooking, I'm so sick and tired of eating, my whole day revolves around breakfast, and then what's for lunch, and then what's for snack, and then what's for dinner, and all I do is think about food, because food has become the, the peg post in the day. Whereas before it's like, oh, no time for breakfast. And I'm just grabbing this and I'll pick up something there. And, you know, the kids have sports at dinner time. So we'll just get some pizza and people, you know, meals were swept under the rug. And now they're like, the dining room is set up. (laughs) So there are those that are realizing, boy, I eat a lot. And it's not that they're overeating. They're just acknowledging what they're eating. So that's one set of people. There's another set of people who are petrified <laughs> of getting fat um, and overeating and gaining weight, and they might be being very restrictive right right now. It's like no cookies in this house, um, and there are others that are just like enjoying life and. If they feel like eating cookies, they're eating cookies. So it's like there's not much else to do right now. But there's this rumor going around about the COVID 19. And apparently, the average amount of weight that people might have gained is like one pound. So even if you're exercising less, it doesn't mean that you're like getting fat. But what do you see? What's your relationship to?
0: the the, uh, the one thing so far so good and for those who've not listened to nancy clark we had her episode number 68 and 56 and 68 i recall especially well because of the fact that she helped me get past my binge tendencies in the holiday season around peanut butter blossoms by giving me a license that i hadn't previously given myself and so now one of the things and i'm going to take a quick departure before asking this question. You reminded me, Nancy, by giving indication to whomever else is your house about, hey, don't be too loud. If you have a mute button and you're not on, please don't be afraid to use your mute button so there's not any background noise just for the production quality of this. Secondly, Nancy, the thing that I think is here to stay, working from home. I'm not so sure that office complexes will ever go back to the same number of people in the hallways, in the cubicles, on each floor as what we've had in recent past. I think the same is true for corporate campuses and perhaps even for those work environments that were temporary or meant to be somewhat co-working space. I think that has changed. I could be wrong, it's not my area of expertise, but what I do say with confidence and asking you is, now that there's this possibility we're all gonna be working from home more often, How do we maintain a level of productivity in our work while also being so much more from a proximity standpoint connected to where there's easy access to our refrigerator, easy access to our pantry, easy access to what we purchased over the weekend, but it's not the weekend anymore. It's Tuesday and we're working. Any guidance that you would give us along those lines?
3: Well, in terms of productivity, it's my understanding that the research shows that people can work from home and be just as productive. And I was just talking to a neighbor who, across the street, who supervises a bunch of software um, um, writers, and and he said that they've been monitoring um, productivity, and they said everybody's being just as productive. Um, So maybe they're more productive because they're able to fuel themselves appropriately. And a lot of people that just used to have an energy bar for lunch, they're having last night's leftover dinner and they're having food. Um, So I see people, even though they're afraid of access to food, they're actually benefiting from access to food. And unfortunately in our society, food is fattening and somehow we're supposed to live on air and that's not quite the case. I mean, hunger is simply a request. So the analogy is you have a car, you put gas in it, it empties, the light comes on, you put in more gas, it empties, the light comes on, you put in more gas, it empties, the light comes on. And there's the car doesn't get fat, it just burns off the gas. And the same thing with the body. You put in food, you put in your breakfast, you burn it off. You get hungry, it's time for lunch. You put in lunch, you burn it off. You get hungry, it's time for an afternoon snack. You put in snack, you burn it off, it's time for dinner. And it's just, um, there's no need to be afraid of eating. Um, So I I just invite people to know that part of being alive is getting hungry and eating, like we're supposed to eat. And we're supposed to enjoy eating. I mean, the E in eating stands for enjoyment. and you don't have to stay away from peanut butter blossoms <laughs> or, you know, potato chips or whatever it is. And what I would say to people who are, um, who are afraid to bring food into the house is to share the analogy that I shared. I think I shared it with you before about the green truck and. Just pretend, imagine you're babysitting for this little four-year-old kid, and you take him into this room that's filled with toys. And you say, you can play with all of these toys, but just don't play with that green truck. And then you leave the room, and you look through the two-way mirror, and what's he playing with? The green truck, of course. So if you set up the rule, no chips in this house, what's gonna happen is that chips do come into the house in a moment of weakness, you end up eating whole bad to get rid of them so there are no chips in the house again. But if you have chips every single day, after after about two weeks of chips, you sort of say, you know what? These aren't really a good investment in my health. They don't mean you feel that great. And you know what? They don't Taste is and then it's like eh, you don't need them. So when a food has power over you, it's very important to eat that food more often instead of trying to stay away from it. You know, apples don't tend to have power over people because they can have an apple whenever they want. But why do chips have power? Because it's like, oh no, shouldn't eat those. Those are So anyway so somebody's got this is it my microphone that's going
0: goofy, or? we might be getting a little bit of feedback or echo i can pick it up pretty well we may clean it up a little bit on the final broadcast but i may not be the only one that's hearing a little bit of an echo but i can still hear your answers and i will say for those who are perhaps just getting to know nancy her sports nutrition guidebook in its sixth edition now as of last year, almost a million copies sold. And I personally believe that part of why that is such a legacy in our sport and in fitness for athletes of every level is because of the license she gives. She heard, You heard both of us refer to my peanut butter blossoms. So backstory, I'd go to one holiday party a year. Sure enough, that would be on the cookie tray. And as long as nobody wasn't keeping an eye on me, I'd fire through a dozen of them and feel somewhat worse about it the next day. She told me I should bake the blossoms early in the month of December and they would lose that power of binging at the holiday party. I can barely get a microwave pizza to turn out all right, but my goodness, I baked myself some pretty good peanut butter blossoms by December 5th. And sure enough, I was so sick of them by the time we got to a week before Christmas that it mattered not if they were on a cookie tray. Further, I will tell you, she baited me into not treating them any longer as a holiday food. And so I baked more of them last month just to stay on cadence with her plan. So I will be here forever to say that holiday does not require peanut butter blossom that's an all year food. Nancy, I also love the fact that you indicated not a danger, but really an opportunity mm-hmm. for us working at home now and what fuel, not food, but what that fuel could do for our productivity, that we may actually get more out of our work day. We may get more out of our teams who are quarantined or working for home. We may get more out of our workforce in general Because better nutritional choices are closer to us. Is that what I'm hearing you say?
3: Precisely, because people have the time to eat breakfast. They make the time for lunch. I mean, otherwise it's just nonstop work all day. So you sort of take like a lunch break, maybe go out for a run, you know, eat real food. And you've got time to have a a pre-run snack. Um, And you're fueling up so that it, it, you know, just think back to your work days when you commute to work. I mean, how many people just dread? Okay, it's three thirty in the afternoon. I leave at four thirty, and the last hour is totally unproductive because people are just lagging on energy because there's nothing to eat. I didn't bring any food, so we'll see. I don't know, but does anybody, Haley, do you have any any comments about food and being stuck at home and how you're confronting with it?
2: I I can relate to the 3.30, that 3.30 lag that you mentioned from my office days, my, when I worked in a public accounting office and um, it was around 3.30, it's like you go in the break room and, and I was, I am a person who works out in the morning. And so when I worked in that corporate environment, it was I ate lunch at like 10.30, because I had done a workout, I had eaten breakfast, I'd worked, and then I have no food until like 6 p.m. when I can go home. So that is a really valid point. I'm glad to hear you bring that up. Yeah, and what you might wanna do is plan a second lunch.
3: People get hungry every four hours, so breakfast at six, or you sort of divide, you fuel up, you refuel from your run, but if you're eating early in the morning by 10, you're ready for lunch. But then by two, you're ready for second lunch, and then you can have dinner at six. So I'm a big advocate of two lunches, particularly for people that train in the morning. But even if they train in the afternoon, you have breakfast, lunch, second lunch, a strong run, and then your dinner. And and so all the stuff that you eat after dinner, all of a sudden you're eating it in the afternoon in the form of second lunch, and it's food instead of chips or cookies or whatever, yeah. But do you do you feel as though you're eating war now because you're stuck at home or are more aware
2: or does anybody else? I feel else- like there's a lot of stress with going to the grocery store, and so I struggle with that. I'll you know I I get to where it's like there's no food left in my house. And then I'm like, I guess I have to go to the grocery store. So those last couple of days, it is like running on fumes, which is probably not the best thing. Do you have any advice on, you know, on that kind of situation?
3: Just have emergency food go-tos. I mean, there's always graham crackers, peanut butter, um, maybe bananas, maybe not. But there's canned fruits are fine, frozen vegetables are fine, because freezing doesn't, so freezing canning doesn't detract from the nutritional value, and so that if you keep those handy as emergency foods, then maybe if you run out the fresh stuff, I keep powdered milk on on hand, and um, you know, that works well. So just make sure you have emergency peanut butter around if you're a peanut butter fan like I am. <laughs> Some people like it with peanut butter blossoms. I just like I was it gonna say like we are, like Our we peanut are. Peanut so. I could, I could, as I could we look up. at the last, ten, yeah.
0: As as we look at the last ten minutes, if anybody has questions for our featured pub runners, whether you throw them into the chat box or indicate audibly that you do, we're going to have a question. We're going to send to each of them. In the meantime, Haley mentioned that she was in accounting, and that makes her much like us outside of those Olympic trials qualifiers, that professional athlete status, and all those championships. And you should know that she has a deep affinity for Atlanta and for what we're doing around here. If you want more of Haley, she hosts her own podcast, Iron Women Podcast, livefeisty.com. Get all the details there. In addition, those of us who have friends over at Dynamo Multisport, you'll find Haley as part of their team. That's at dynamo-multisport.com. Haley, what are you doing these days now post-trials? You've got your podcast, you've got your athletes, obviously, you've got your frantic grocery shopping trips. What else is it that's keeping you busy?
2: Well, luckily I had kind of a planned downtime after the trial. So I um initially had planned to race again in June, which at the time felt like so far in the future, and now that race is not happening. So i'm i'm enjoying exercising you know even without a race on the horizon i'm really found that i I love i love exercising i love going for runs i even like doing hard runs i even like doing occasional hard bike rides and doing strength in front in my living room with my dog as my audience so i i'm just finding joy in that and then the podcasting thank you for plugging my iron women podcast that is definitely something i've thrown myself into and I've done a lot of really good conversations. And the great thing is that right now, all the athletes are at home. So we've had a little more access to people than we might normally. And they're still great stories, even without races. I mean, a lot of times usually our, our content and share your content too as well, Mike, is, is guided by races. And this has given me time to be a little bit more creative and figure out content that is not necessarily in line with the race calendar, but finding these great stories that I might've otherwise missed. So that has been one of the greatest things that I think has come out of this. And uh, we have Rich's dog making a a good
0: good appearance. I I thought this was going to be the full Boston between Rich's time in Boston, having Nancy on. And it looks like you have a red tick coonhound there. That is the full South or am I getting my dog breed wrong, Rich? so
1: so haley mentioned her dog so i had i had to bring i had to bring sydney into the into the mix. So this is sydney she's a she's a visla she loves to run uh and uh she the only thing she likes better than running is chasing shadows in the backyard so she, when, when we when we are in the office at atlanta track club she is our office dog so she she uh, terrorizes everyone in the office uh, looking through their garbage uh, for 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 those bad habit foods, Nancy.
3: Yeah, <laughs> they they know where to find them for certain. I, I have a English setter and, and um, they they have excellent set, um, smell and can find a lot of it's amazing what they find on a walk. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so getting getting back to food, I mean, has anybody else noticed that it's like it, it just sort of dominates the day?
0: Well, and so let me, and and now I have to acknowledge Haley's got her dog, who we've, we are, this is why pubcast might be better than podcasts for all time. Everybody gets yeah. to have their
2: dog.
1: Is Shepard, what is
0: that?
2: This is Cowboy. He's an Australian shepherd. He, today, I asked him if he wanted to go for a run and he curled up on the couch. Oh. <laughs> He's a an he likes He only likes early morning runs because he has so much fur and he gets really hot, even in Montana. If this dog lived in Atlanta, he would not be very happy, but um, I'm sure he would love to hang out with Sydney and go through trash cans with her as well though.
1: Does he do swim workouts with you as well?
2: Oh no, he is not a swimmer. He hates getting in the water. He hates getting wet. Like a bath is like his worst nightmare. So no, he does not do swim workouts.
3: So who is
0: this mine is obviously not nearly as well behaved considering he'll jump right on the desk so if you're curious whether or not that mm-hmm. runners like running breeds considering we have a vishla an australian shepherd and an australian cattle dog i would say that runners like running companions regardless of how many legs that they have the virtual pub run has gone to the dogs but this is a perfect setup For my final question for all of our pub runners, and that is, I will say that, Nancy, the way you reframed this mindset that some might have that, wow, we're gaining weight, that we're not making good food choices. And then for you to, even with me, who makes pretty good choices most of the time, makes myself open to learn new things like I have from you, there is this understanding now that it's not a danger, it's actually an opportunity. And whether it's rich, team at the atlanta track club whether it's haley and her athletes dynamo whether it's me and our crew at big peach running company i can't wait to say that at some point that we have this unbelievable opportunity in our midst to make this the right time not the wrong time to make better choices than we ever have for our training for our nutrition and for ourselves super super cool i will also remind everyone if you didn't hear frozen was the recommendation that she made to Haley as an emergency food store. My goodness, how cool is that? She indicated nutrition remains largely the same. And to have that stuff nearby, vegetables or fruit for a smoothie or a snack. Wow, that is something that you always give me something I can take with me, immediately put to use. You've done it yet once again. So before we go to this this question, I'll ask the audience once again, If you're aware, here it comes, Bob Wells first. This is what boldness looks like, going first. Question for Rich, are you ready, my friend? Yes, I am. Any perspective on what the next Atlanta Track Club event might be and how it might be modified to keep members, participants, volunteers, and staff safe? What a great question. What's your thought on that, Rich? Well, I
1: I've required a lot of nutrition over these last couple of weeks, just with all the the brain cells that I've been burning trying to figure out how to how to deliver an event uh, that that takes everything that Bob just mentioned in mind. Um, so so the track club is is currently reimagining its calendar for the balance of 2020 uh trying to figure out what 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 that event in quote looks like uh and if it sounds like i'm ducking the 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 question i am um we, we we will hopefully very soon announce what our events will look like for the remainder of the summer uh and what i can say is they they will they will deliver um sort of a combination of of the tradition in quotes event uh, and marry that with virtual um, before before COVID 19 was a thing i was not a believer in the virtual event I thought it was a bit of a, a gimmicky approach for some organizations to create new revenue um but what we found through our Atlanta women's 5k just a couple of weeks ago you can deliver a unique experience and you can find ways to motivate people to get out the door uh so that that is our focus is to find ways to get people out the door uh what really is our mission at Atlanta track club is to get people moving run and walking no matter how fast uh to get healthier so the short answer bob stay tuned uh and you'll and you'll see a reimagined summer for Atlanta track club soon
0: For those who have not seen the video associated with that virtual Atlanta women's 5k, do yourself a favor, check that out. Of course, you can learn more about the Atlanta Track Club at atlantatrackclub.org. Not just their events, but all the cool things they are doing in and around the community. Rich and I have always found common ground and certainly organizationally speaking, Big Peach Running Company, our mission to grow, support, enhance the pedestrian active lifestyle in and around Atlanta. That knows no rest, even in the season. That we now know as covid19 i'm going to come to you while you've got the mic rich with our final question that we're going to ask all of our virtual pub runners haley and nancy get a little bit more prep time than what you will but you just mentioned a change of thought somebody has said in the past that an enlightened person is someone who is willing to change their mind so i guess that makes you somewhat enlightened if you've had a little bit of a perspective alteration on virtual races but instead of thinking about it maybe just from a business and organizational context what is a silver lining whether it's for you personally for the Atlanta track club for running city USA what is a silver lining that you've already found that's part of this season
1: it's it's walking out my door in my neighborhood whether it's at six o'clock in the morning as we were talking earlier or noon or eight o'clock at night and seeing people out walking and running but mostly walking who I' Ever seen before, out improving their aerobic fitness, and and my hope is that when we're through this, and I hope sooner rather than later, uh, that that those new habits will stick, Uh, and and Atlanta and country and the world will be a better place as a result of some uh, of these lessons that we've learned.
0: Well, very cool, and and we've said, and I just indicated our mission, but I've said the mission field has never been more ripe for harvest as a result of how many people like Rich just indicated are outside on those sidewalks, in those neighborhoods, and now needing resources like the Atlanta Track Club. Again, see more about what they're doing, atlantatrackclub.org, Rich Kana. Thank you so much for being part of this. Haley, I know you are always looking for the positive. Optimism is your sidekick. What is a silver lining whether it is for you personally or just as a professional athlete and someone who is so attuned to performance and finding the best and the most out of themselves that you would say is going to be a sweet legacy for covid for you
2: well my first thought was that maybe i will be able to run an atlanta track club virtual race from montana without the plane ride and um although i do love visiting atlanta i was actually supposed to be there this past weekend for University of Georgia Reunion, so obviously that did not happen, but um, I think that could be kind of a cool thing, like you can actually have a bigger event and have more people participating that wouldn't otherwise get to with these virtual events. I haven't done a virtual race yet, just because I mentioned I kind of took a break, but I kind of like the idea of of a virtual race and I think it might be a cool thing to try that and I can run a course that wouldn't normally be a race course, and I can do it at a time of day that wouldn't be a normal race time of day. So I think that could be a definite, um, a, you know, something new and different. And and then also just having these kind of conversations. I don't know if this would have happened, Mike, if this if it hadn't been current time. So I don't get to see your quarantine beard, you know, if uh, if uh, if if it wasn't for the coronavirus. So I think I've had a lot of these Zoom calls with some of my, my teammates from past times from, you know, Dynamo and all that kind of thing. And it's helped with those connections. So that as well has been kind of this, I'm enjoying this right now.
0: Well, we are now podcast siblings as well. Again, don't forget to check out the iron women podcast with Haley Chura and live feisty Haley, Haley Com, And of course, as we always say, We certainly appreciate all of our friends at Dynamo Multisport. Haley, thanks for being part of the Atlanta community. Even if it is from a thousand plus miles away, you are still one of us. Go Bulldogs. I know that is something that you still believe, even in Montana. So, Nancy, you know the question. You always give us something to think about, and I believe that some of my nutritional silver linings have come specifically from you, but even if it is not connected to nutrition or food choices, or now productivity that might be right in front of us because we're actually closer to our refrigerators and pantries. What is something that you would say is a silver lining you already recognize as part of this pandemic?
3: A silver lining that people have time, myself included, and they're doing lots more cooking I can't buy flour or yeast in the grocery store yeah, sure. it's going on a month now because everybody is making bread. And this is wonderful that you have families cooking together. I know of other families where they have four teenagers at home. They have cooking competitions at nighttime. And uh, they sort of pair up and this stuff is stuff that would never have happened because you know this person's got to work out and that's gotta So the families that have always been so disconnected are now enjoying meals together which is really special.
0: Wow. That is really cool. And as a parent, as somebody who has this good fortune of being around his family and his own dinner table with his family more often than what I have any month of April or may previously, my goodness, thank you for reminding me of that privilege, not just for you, but perhaps for all of us. And certainly for me, For those of you who want to learn more about Nancy, nancyclarkrd.com. Again, if you do not already have it in your library, do yourself the favor, Nancy Clark's Sports Nutrition Guidebook, all kinds of editions out there. The most recent is the sixth edition. It has all kinds of content that has not been in previous editions. You just keep adding value to what every one of us who are serious about our nutrition and want to get more serious about it, think about everyday Nancy. Thanks for being part of that. And certainly for all of you for tuning in, whether on podcast or in the virtual pub, we appreciate you keep in mind every 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Tuesdays. We hope you'll get your run in beforehand and then come to the pub immediately afterwards as we say and as we certainly mean nowadays, perhaps more than ever.
3: May your best miles be those covered on foot.